0: Welcome into the Paul Kuharski podcast, per the request of many of you. I am back in this format. I have been considering it for some time. I understand you are missing some more granular talk on the Titans from me, and uh, I wanted to give that to you. So here I am um we're gonna do some of that and uh i'd like to start with uh somewhat of an annual tradition um i'm talking to you on uh monday evening the titans won't be practicing again this week whatever they're doing on tuesday is closed wednesday's a travel day thursday night preseason debut in baltimore um and then friday we'll talk to um head coach Mike Vrabel reviewing that game. I won't be going to Baltimore, then two home games, then I'll be on the road again with the team as I have been, uh, thanks to Bry Mac. But today, uh, as is mandated by the league, Titans, as part of their press release in advance of uh, their first preseason game, have offered us their first 2020 unofficial depth chart, which is a always a joke because they refuse to give us an honest look at what's going on in the roster and to match it up with what's going on on the practice field so why don't we give that a quick run through for comedic value wide receiver on the left side of the formation they have this nick westbrook akeen a uh mike keith uh and I were involved in a conversation today where he has had a conversation with Nick Westbrook-Akina, um, who informed him that it's not Nick Westbrook-Akina, but it's Nick Westbrook-Akine. Um, and listen, I want to get guys' names right. Nick, apologies that we've had it wrong. I wish you would have corrected us earlier. Nick Westbrook-Akine is listed first on a depth chart. To remind you, you read it all the way across, and then you come back to the second line and read that second line all the way across. So they have Westbrook, Akina, A, sorry, Traylon Burks, Racing McMath, Cody Hollister, Josh Malone. We're back here, by the way, to a two-tight end uh, starting off offense as opposed to a three-wide, which stacks things interestingly. The other wide receiver, Robert Woods, Kyle Phillips, um des fitzpatrick mason kinsey kinsey terry godwin and brandon lewis the truth robert woods Traylon burks one and two westbrook akine three slash kyle phillips who's the natural slot receiver there racy mcmath five after that a scramble um, with nobody really proven, I would keep a very careful eye on Terry Godwin uh, on Thursday in Baltimore. Tight end one, Austin Hooper. They have him backed up by Chig Aconquo, um, who, for all intents and purposes, is the number two tight end. Tight end on on veteran standing, they have Jeff Swaim as the number two tight end. I think he might even be behind Tommy Hudson. Offensive line left to right, Lawan Brewer, who's a slash with Jamarco Jones, slash you could miss if you're not looking at it carefully. Ben Jones, Nate Davis, Dylan Raidens at right tackle slash with Nicholas Petit Frere. Um, Petit Frere is now working with the ones after Raidens did. I think that's significant because nothing has changed at left guard with Aaron Brewer. Quarterback Ryan Tannehill, Woodside second, Malik Willis third. That's legitimate. Running back Derek Henry one, Dontrell Hilliard two, fullback Tory Carter three. That's a position of its own. Uh, Jordan Wilkins four, Trenton Cannon five, Hassan Haskins six, Julius Ch- Chestnut, the undrafted rookie last. I would put it Henry Hilliard is the third down back, so he's second throw Carter out, give him his own position. I think Hassan Haskins is third in that he's Henry's backup. Then I think you can mix up Wilkins and Cannon. Chestnut last. He'll probably be a preseason hero. Um, we'll get more into those offensive linemen shortly. Defensively, it's a little more true to form. Um, Autry is the starting defensive end with Demarcus Walker second. Deshaun Han and and Laurel Murchison Murchison has really fallen though he showed me some life in pass rush one on ones on Sunday T.R. Tart at nose tackle with Naquan Jones behind him Jaden Peavy and Haskell Garrett Naquan Jones finished last season ahead of Tart Um, I think he may still be ahead of Tart though Tart does work ahead of him Jeffrey Simmons is the defensive tackle. Obviously, Kevin Strong behind him. Bud Dupree, the uh, the outside linebacker with Rashad Weaver behind him. Reasonable inside linebacker, David Long with Chance Campbell behind him. Monty Rice, parenthetically, behind him. On PUP, Jack Gibbons. Dr. Jack Gibbons to you after him. Zach Cunningham, the other inside linebacker with Dylan Cole behind him. He's out hurt right now, but it shouldn't be long. I was told Joe Jones behind him, Harold Landry, the other starting linebacker, Ola Adeni behind him, Justin Lawler, and David Anini, I got to work on this name, Anini behind him. David Anini is the highest paid, got the most bonus for any undrafted rookie, Um, has not done much. His name will come up later. Caleb Farley slash Roger McCreary. That's a little nice um, pump up for McCreary there at cornerback. Greg Maben, Shaheem Carter, Trey Avery, Trey Swilling, Kevin Byard ahead of AJ Moore and Josh Kalu, Christian Fulton ahead of Nickelback, Elijah Molden, who's been out for over a week, Hurt. Chris Jackson, Shakur Shakur Brown, Kenneth George, and Terrell Bonds round out the cornerbacks. Kicker is Randy Bullock. Caleb Shudak is on PUP behind him. Brett Kern is the punter and the holder with Ryan Stonehouse behind him. Kyle Phillips, the lone rookie in the first team column, is the punt returner with Mason Kinsey and Reggie Roberson behind him. Kickoff returner Dontrell Hilliard with Trenton Cannon and Mason Kinsey behind him long snappers, Morgan Cox with Ben Jones behind him. It's not a complete sham, some dumb stuff like uh, Westbrook, Akina, Akina, sorry, having to be ahead of Traylon Burks is the the biggest thing there. Jeff Swain still holding um, a starting spot when it should be Chig, Akankwo, uh there. So it's an exercise of futility every year. They don't put much um, effort, into that depth chart uh we shouldn't put much effort into reading that depth chart let's look at what's on the field in baltimore it will be more meaningful um than anything we'll go into offensive line here um i think it's meaningful that right tackle has changed already which was set up to be a competition between Raiden's and um nicholas petite frere and left guard has not changed, which was set up to be a competition between Aaron Brewer and Jamarco Jones. Um, I think they like Aaron Brewer a lot. I don't think they like Dylan Raidens as much. Um, and Dylan Raidens didn't draw my eye with his physicality. Nicholas petit Frere on the very first day had super physical snaps in his very first series, uh, his very first set, which was two-minute drill where he took on Harold Landry twice and DeMarcus Walker once and made very impactful, very physical blocks against them. Um, I wrote about Petit Frere and how much better he's gotten with his hands since he arrived. You should go read that piece at paulkuharski.com. What does it mean? You know, I asked Vrabel why they changed one and why they didn't change the other. And he said, it's just a decision I made. I think there's more to it than that. I think it's more of a competition at right tackle. Quite frankly, I think Petit Frere, <clears throat> I would now consider the front runner. I think maybe they change it faster there because they don't like what they're seeing from Raiden's, because they think there's more potential for Petit Frere to to, to go win the job as compared to what Raiden's did. I think they like Brewer. There's some speculation amongst the press on the sidelines that maybe, you know, if Petit Frere goes and plays well at right tackle, that Raidens, if he's one of the best five, could then get put into the mix at left guard. Maybe. I don't see it. Haven't seen anything out of Jamarco Jones that suggests to me that he'll be um, you know, replacing Aaron Brewer. But we'll see. Listen, it's a long, long time. I'm recording this on August eighth, and the Titans don't open um For over a month still, what's opening day? I got a schedule here somewhere here in my papers on my desk. They don't open until September 11th, so it got over a month still. It's a long, long time for stuff to happen in terms of competition, and also for somebody to get hurt. So I'm not gonna lock anything in, in here. We'll talk about receivers next, where I'm also not locking anything in. Right now, if I'm telling you who's starting, I I, I would see Brewer and Petit Frere with Raidens as a swing guy, a major swing guy who could play right tackle, could play left tackle, and he could play either guard spot, though uh, you're not going to need him at right guard, provided that Nate Davis stays healthy. So stay tuned on that one. Um, One off the beaten path offensive lineman, I'd tell you to keep an eye on is Hayden Howerton, one of the undrafted's. He's a guard, Um, maybe a little bit of a center. Keep an eye on him. Wide receivers, uh, always the talk of this team, no matter what's going on. So let's run through the top five guys here and then beyond. Uh, Robert Woods, clearly the top guy, maybe not the most gifted guy, but he's going to be a guy that gets open steadily, I think. A very quick recovery no setbacks from his ACL I don't expect we're going to see him in preseason games he's got a good rapport with Ryan Tannehill so far um he works with him as often as he can during special teams periods and the like um he's become a good leader already he's good media presence already he's not the biggest guy um but he plays big Robert Woods um he is six foot tall, 195 pounds. As I said, plays bigger than that. He's going into his 10th season, not going to be the fastest he's ever been. But um, I think it's really caused to be encouraged about the knee. I thought that maybe they'd slow him down or that he'd, uh, you know, deal with some swelling or something like that once they got into pads where guys were leaning on him, twisting on him. He was torquing that knee in different ways. We haven't seen that. So that's encouraging. Traylon Burks has slowed down a little bit in terms of production in, uh, in the second week of camp um, with pads on, but runs very smoothly, plays very physically. I wrote a piece about um, how the receivers are being encouraged to be physical, too physical, take it too far. The first offensive uh, pass interference call will be on Mike Vrabel, he said, and then the Titans will ratchet it back from there. Mike Herndon, now writing from my site, had some numbers about the infrequency of offensive pass interference calls and how that, uh, you know, fits in with this kind of attitude. You know, take your chances and see what happens. I think Burks is starting on opening day unquestionably without any physical setbacks. Um, and people should be encouraged by that. Nick westbrook A. Um, has been very steady. On the day this depth chart came out, he had two drops. Some people are giving a defensive back credit on one of them for being close range, but I thought it was catchable ball. Two drops on the first two throws from Ryan Tannehill in the first four plays of a team period. Not a good start, um, but he's generally a sure handed receiver. It's not that I don't like Nick Westbrook Akeene. I'm going to keep emphasizing that strangely until I get it down. I like him. I think he's a self-made man. He's a good special teamer, and he's a solid receiver, but he can't have him. I don't think he can have him three. Three at the highest, preferably four-slash-five. And so if Kyle Phillips pans out and they play kind of with a straight third-wide who's a slot guy, shifty, who's getting open pretty regularly at practice, who's taken the stuff he was doing in one-on-ones and seven-on-sevens and is now expanding that into team stuff. I think that's terrific. And if Westbrook Akine is, is doing his thing as a four slash five, if he's coming in to give Woods and Burks a a couple snaps off after they've run six, seven, eight plays consecutively, or after they've taken a deep shot, that's fine. But you don't want them to be doing much more than that because he lacks, he's not dynamic enough for that, for me. But the Titans have have had some success using non-dynamic receivers with Mike Vrabel. Here. Now the more dynamic guy is Racy McMath. And Racy McMath has gotten steadily better during um, these first two weeks of practice. And it's encouraging. He uh, somebody said, I think it was Rob Moore, the the receiver's coach, said that Racy McMath is kind of figuring out that he is a um 6'3, 217 pound receiver. And uh, I, I could see the growing confidence in Racy McMath. And I like it. And so we're talking about Phillips and NWI and Racy McMath here as three, four, five, three, five, four, whatever you want to talk about there. And it's encouraging to this stage, but they haven't gone against anybody, right? We're going to see them against Baltimore. Then we're going to see them in practices against the Bucks, and in a game against the Bucs look like the thing is last year legitimately we were talking about Marcus Johnson and last year legitimately we were talking about Chester Rogers and those guys were making plays and they were legitimately the story of a lot of camp days legitimately Julio Jones dropped out on like the fourth day of camp those guys were getting a lot of chances AJ Brown was missing some time if I remember correctly And Marcus Johnson was doing wonders. And ultimately, what did it amount to? He he got hurt two different times. He hardly played. All right, so that's a wash because he got hurt. But he was an injury-prone receiver who got hurt. Chester Rogers didn't get hurt. And Chester Rogers' training camp and preseason stuff turned out to mean really nothing in the regular season. He wasn't particularly effective receiver in the regular season. He wasn't particularly good punt return. So, yes, on August 8th, you can look at the wide receiving core and say maybe we're making too big a deal out of its deficiencies. I don't think we are because the depth beyond these guys is bad. We'll talk about that in a second. So you're turned ankle away from being in real trouble. But also Phillips hasn't done it against anybody nwi is probably ranking too high and racy McMath hasn't done it against anybody so i like that they're confident and i like that they're productive given the opportunities they've had so far and they can't have done it against anything more than they've done it against to this point but let's not forecast that into uh, jerry rice yet let's not forecast that into hell um uh, you know quality number three play for a run-based defensive-based team with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback yet let's hold our water before we get too excited is it about as good as it could be right now yes does that guarantee anything going forward it does not um a word about a couple of the other receiving candidates here um that that still remain reggie roberson who was who is hurt at southern methodist uh, you know has not been as explosive as i would have imagined him josh malone has really tailed off he made a lot of plays for a while um he's not making as many plays now and when i watch him in receiver drills he seems to round things off a lot and i talked to to um Rob Moore about him, you know, he said, if he's making plays, we'll work on the technical stuff. But I don't know. It doesn't feel like he's, he's pushing for it. Cody Hollister and Mason Kinsey, to me, we've seen their ceilings and their ceilings aren't high enough. And it's time for the Titans to replace those guys on the practice squad with guys with higher ceilings, though they could be on the practice squad again this year at the ready to help out if there are injuries. But I, I wish the Titans were getting better at those spots. One guy to look at, <clears throat> I think, who's got a chance to do some things in these preseason games and maybe maybe move up the depth chart, maybe be a solution is Terry Godwin. Um, Terry Godwin, you know, has, has some experience. He's made some catches in practice. He's 5'11", 185. He's not going to fit the bill for the bigger type of guys that they like. Um, but, you know, maybe he is the next best guy. Um, I, I'm not big on the Titans going out and getting the kind of guys that uh, a lot of you have asked about. I do think maybe there's a guy cut at the end of camp somewhere else who could be a help. I haven't mentioned Des Fitzpatrick. I just don't see it in Des Fitzpatrick. I think Des, Pat- Des Fitzpatrick is a very pedestrian average looking j a g jag right now just a guy you're listening to paul kuharski podcast which is connected to paul if you're not a member please join um, get the most unique titans content out there from the guy who's been following the team all the way back to 1996 when they were the houston oilers and i lived in houston i'm well connected inside the organization I think I bring unique eye and Mike Herndon, you might know from uh, Music City Miracles and Broadway sports um, now writing for me once a week. Uh, right now it's on Wednesdays. Um, and I think that's where he'll be permanently, but uh, brings a very unique set of eyes, a different kind of unique set of eyes. Um, he'll see something uh, like the Titans, pass rush that had a lot of sacks last year not ranking as high in the pass rush metrics as you would have thought and wonder why and uh, and write us a good column about uh squaring those two things like he did last week in his debut um i also do video uh broadcasts with uh members of the site and try to do them during the week and definitely do them after a regular season game, kind of reviewing what happened from the press box shortly after I talked to everybody in the locker room and at the podium. And so this is all unique content you can get for just $5.99 a month, or you can get 12 months for the price of 11 uh, If you talk to members, they'll tell you it's a great value. It's the price of a, of a cocktail or a beer at your favorite bar. So I encourage you to jump aboard. And if you're interested in sponsoring these podcasts, which are not uh, for members only, I urge you to get in touch. I'm at pkuharski at gmail.com. I'd love to plug your uh, your booze or your home services or your restaurant or any fine business that you may own or be the prop- proprietor of pkuharski at gmail.com. Let's talk quarterbacks for a minute. Ryan Tannehill's only thrown two interceptions in uh, training camp. He's looked pretty sharp. I think his leadership is, uh, you know, as good as it's been. He was talking just today about how much he loves when he points something out to a guy in a meeting or off to the side and then sees it show up in practice. Um, yeah. I think he's in a good place right now. I think in a lot of ways, you know, I expect him to have another solid regular season and be productive and the judgment of Ryan Tannehill is going to come when the Titans are in the playoffs. If they're not in the playoffs, that's going to be in part because he doesn't live up to expectations. The question is what can he do in the playoffs? Um, And you know, the Titans are going to need him. They're not going to get a number one seed again. They're going to need him to be a key factor in winning four playoff games. If they're going to win a super bowl and given the talented quarterbacks in the AFC, I have trouble seeing Ryan Tannehill, ryan Tannehill uh, rising to the occasion and being a key figure in four playoff wins when in his last three playoff games he's he's been a reason that the titans have lost um, and that's why we're looking at malik willis with such uh, focused eyes he, he's been good in dealing with the ups and downs don't have big expectations for Malik Willis this season. He's not going to play. He shouldn't play. I mean, he might get in a game or two or occasionally as a special package guy. But you don't want him taking over this year. He's coming out of a small school with a very limited offense. He needs a lot of time to get ready. But it is encouraging that he's he's able to move on from bad plays. Uh, He had a terrific throw today coming out from big pressure right at the snap, throwing the trailing Burks up the left sideline putting the ball in great position for Burks to make a great catch, sensing the pressure immediately, knowing where his outlet was and getting the ball um, to that outlet. uh, To, to set them up in scoring position during a, a, a move the ball period. I think it was a two minute drill. So that's encouraging, but we really have to look at, willis as a slow burn project can he get himself in position where the titans could actually consider him as an alternative to Tannehill next year if they need one um you know that would be a huge win um you know and it wouldn't be he's not a failure if next year they're in position where he's a backup quarterback to Tannehill or to somebody else you know there's a dream scenario where tom brady's playing here next year uh, coming as a free agent Um, or the Titans are looking for another veteran, or it's possible that Tannehill has a good regular season, a mediocre playoffs, and and they extend them. Uh, I could see that happening. Take a look at the um, nickel defender coming up this week. Elijah Molden's been out for over a week, and I need to do some digging on what's up with him. He came up lame after he tried to collect, I think it was a fumble, a bouncing ball in the bubble i think it was last saturday and then roger mccreary's been out a, a couple days now i think that's created room for uh, shakur brown who's next in line at nickel titans like them coming out of michigan state he's someone to keep an eye on um and we'll see what's going on there when uh, buster screen retired they uh, they were left without a really a veteran cornerback and uh shakur is is that guy um, and he's seemingly a capable guy out there, but ideally, 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 the Titans would have uh, Caleb Farley uh, as the number two or fighting with McCreary to be the number two, opposite Christian Fulton with Molden and then McCreary or, or uh, Farley factoring in in the top four. Um, and that would be four good young cornerbacks put them in place to, to be paired up with a great front seven pass rushing. And this team could be keyed around that defense. Um, and then, you know, maybe the offensive concerns wouldn't be as striking as, as they feel right now with that offensive line uncertainty and with the wide receiver uncertainty. So we'll see about that. One, uh, Final note that I think is significant here, Tim Kelly, the passing game coordinator, it remains a bit of a mystery in part because the Titans won't make him available to the media. Something that we are uh, pushing the issue on with the pro football writers of America um, are helping us push it with the league um, and with the Titans. He's got a big title passing game coordinator. Coordinators are required to talk. Um, people with assistants um who, who coach positions are required to talk well tim kelly looks like a tight end assistant also uh, he's working very closely um with the tight ends um and that's in conjunction with luke steckel um but um austin hooper singled him out for for how closely he's working with the tight end so it's Sounds almost like the tight ends have two coaches and Luke Steckel and Tim Kelly. And uh, we know that uh, the offense has, you know, really multiple coordinators when you have an offensive coordinator and a passing game coordinator. So a lot of questions about Tim Kelly. We'd really like to talk to him to be able to delve more into what he does and uh, what his mindset is. We know the depth chart has changed from three wide receivers to two tight ends. um, And that's in part, from the personnel changes that the titans have uh, have had and from um what tim kelly brings in because he was running more two tight ends in houston with the texans than the titans ran here last year when they moved away from what they've traditionally done with two tight ends now they've got the people to run it and it seemingly they've got a uh, mind to help them run it i think that'll be um a very interesting thing to watch for the titans there's no delaney walker here there's no um frank wychek here but um there's no johnny smith here but uh austin hooper's capable two-way tight end and chig um chig Akuanco is uh is is going to be a big help he, he is a diverse guy who can uh, run routes with speed and block. And then you've got Swaim and Hudson. Out of those four, I think you'll see some interesting two tight end things. We'll keep you posted on what Tim Kelly's up to. But if you're out at one of these practices with one of these limited tickets, watch the individual period and you'll see two coaches with tight ends. That's Luke Steckel. Um, and the fuller beard um, is, is Tim Kelly. It's been good to be back with you in this form. Send me some feedback. Let me know what you think. And uh, I, uh, my intention is to get back to doing this once a week. More granular Titans talk for you on uh, some of the bigger issues and some of the smaller issues of the day. I've enjoyed it. I hope you'll sign up at paulkuharski.com for all the great content we've got going on. In the meantime, I always urge you, Don't lock the box, and be sure to lock the locks.